Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Learning to Fly the Podcast. Today is National Pierogi Day, and for those of you who don't know, pierogies are fabulous Polish uh, dishes, well, meal items, that are basically uh, fried or cooked dough pockets filled with anything. I've had pierogies that were filled with blueberries and cottage cheese. I've had pierogies that were filled with meat and potatoes. I've had spinach and mushroom. They can quite literally be anything you want, and they are amazing little pockets of delight. And um, so that means today's episode had to be something fun, something that brought me joy. And I am excited to share with you some poetry translated from Polish authors. And I think that this is a really fun episode because it's something that I had never really explored. It's something that I don't think you guys have explored, and it's something that can start some amazing conversations. Also, if you didn't hear already, pierogies are amazing. So either learn how to make some or check out your local pierogi village or Polish restaurants today and make sure to celebrate and support. Um, Without further ado... We are going to read this poem, Dedication, by Szezla Miloza, Um, and I I truly apologize if I botched that. Um, This was written in Warsaw, 1945, so anybody who's a history buff can kind of guess um, what the topic may be. Um, And one thing that I want to say is this is probably the most famous Polish writer to be translated for American readers. So if there's anybody you're going to recognize today, it will most likely be this poem. Dedication. You, whom I could not save, listen to me. Try to understand this simple speech as I would be ashamed of another. I swear there is in me no wizardry of words. I speak to you with silence like a cloud or tree. What what strengthened me for you was lethal. You mixed up farewell to an epoch with all the beginning of a new one. Inspiration of hatred with lyrical beauty, blind force with the accomplished shape. Here is a valley of shallow Polish rivers and an immense bridge going into white fog. Here is a broken city and the wind throws the screams of gulls on your grave when I am talking to you. What is poetry which does not save nations or thy people? A convenience with official lies, a song of drunkards whose throats will be cut in any moment, readings for sophomore girls. 
that I wanted good poetry without knowing it, that I discovered late its sultry aim, in this and only this I find the salvation. They used to pour millet on groves and poppy seeds to feed the dead who would come disguised as birds. I put this book here for you, you who once lived, so that you should visit us no more. And this next poem is much longer um, by the same author, but it was written in Berkeley, California in 1968. And this is known as one of their final poems. Um, and it is a really cool commentary on the importance of perspective. Like I said, though, it is a longer poem, so bear with me. City Without a Name who will honor the city without a name if so many are dead and others pan gold or sell arms in faraway countries? What shepherd's horn swathed in the bark of birch will sound on the pawnery hills of the moment, the memory of the absent? Vagabonds, pathfinders, brethren of a dissolved lodge, the spring in a desert beyond a campsite flagpole, in silence that stretched to a solid rock of yellow and red mountains, I heard in a gray bush the buzzing of wild bees. The current carried an echo and the timber of rafts, a man in a visored cap and a woman in a kerchief, pushed hard with their forehands and a heavy steering oar. In the library, below a tower painted, with the signs of the zodiac, Contram would take a whiff from his snuffbox and smile, for despite the metronic, all was not yet lost. And on the crooked lanes down the middle of a sandy highway, Jewish carts went their way while the black grouse hooted, standing on the crusader's helmet, a relict of La Grande Armée. In Death Valley, I thought about styles of hairdo, about the hand that shifted spotlights at the students' ball. In the city from which no voice could reach me, minerals did not sound the last trumpet. There was only the rustle of loosened grains of lava. In Death Valley, salt gleams from the dried-up lake bed. Defend, defend, defend yourself, says the tick-tock of blood. From the futility of rock salt, Solid, no wisdom. In Death Valley, no hawk or eagle against the sky. The precaution of a gypsy woman has come true. In the lane under the arcade, then I was reading a poem of someone who lived next door entitled An Hour of Thought. I looked long at the rearview mirror. There, the one man within three miles, an Indian, he was walking a bicycle uphill. With flutes, with torches, a drum, boom, boom, boom. Look at the one who died in Istanbul there in the first row. He walks arm in arm with his young lady and over them swallows begin to fly. They carry oars or staves or something garlanded with leaves and bunches of flower from the shores of the green lakes. As they come closer and closer down Castle Street and they suddenly nothing, only a white puff of cloud over the Humanity Students Club, Division of Creative Writing. Books, we have written a whole library of them. Lands, we have visited a great many of them. 
battles, we have lost a number of them. So we are no more, we and our Mar Marila. Understanding and pity, we value them highly. What else? Beauty and kisses, fame and its prizes, who cares? Doctors and lawyers, well-turned-out majors, six feet of earth, rings, furs, and lashes, glances at masses, rest in peace, why don't you? Sweet twin breasts, good night. Sleep through the light without spiders. The sun gone down above the zealous Lithuanian lodge and kindles a fire on landscapes made from nature. The willia winding among pines, black honey of the Zengemania. The Mersa Zeka washes berries near the Zangro village. The valleys had already brought in the Theban candelabra and pulled the curtains in one after the other slowly. While thinking, I entered first, taking off the gloves. I saw that the eyes were fixed on me. When I had gotten rid of grieving and glory I was seeking, which I had no business doing, I was carried by the dragons over countries, bays, mountains, by fate or by what happens, from nails and mucous membrane, lungs, liver, bowels, and spleen, whose house is made? Mine. So what else is new? I am not my own friend. Time cuts me in two. A monument's covered with snow except my gift. I wondered, and where? Well, I don't know. Absent, burning, acrid, salty, sharp, thus the feet of instability, under a gathering of clouds anywhere, in a bay, on a plateau, and a dry areo. No dentist, no density, no harness of stone, no, there is nothing. Even the summa thins into straw and smoke, the angelic choirs fly over pomegranate seeds surrounding every few instants, not for us but for their trumpets. Light, universal, and yet it keeps changing, for I love the light too, perhaps the light only. Yet what is too dazzling and too high is not for me. So when the clouds turn rosy, I think of light that is level, in the lands of birch and pine coated with crispy lichen late in autumn. Under the horse foot, when the last milk caps rot under the firs and the hounds barking echoes, and the jackdaws wheel over the tower of the Bazilian church, unexposed, untold, but how the shortness of life, the years quicker and quicker, not remembering whether it happened in this or in that autumn. Re Tinues of homespan velveteen skirts, giggles above the railing, pigtails askew, sitting on the chamber pots upstairs when the sledge jingles under the columns of the porch, but for the mustached ones in the wolf's fur, female humanity, children's snots, legs spread apart, snarled hair, and the milk boiling over the stench, shit frozen into clods, and the sentries conceiving the herring smell of the middle of the night instead of playing something like a game of chess or dancing an intellectual ballet. The palisades, the pregnant sheep and pigs, fast eaters and poor eaters and cows cured of incantations, not the last judgment. 
Just a carness by the river, small whistles, clay chickens, candied hearts, so we trudged through the slush of melting snow to buy bagels from a district of smorgany. A fortune teller hawking your destiny, your planets, and a toy devil bobbing in a tube of crimson brine. Another, a rubber one, expired in the air, squeaking by the stand where you bought stories of King Otto and Mussolini. Why? Why should that city, defenseless and pure as the wedding necklace of a forgotten tribe, keep offering itself to me, like blue and red-brown seeds beaded in a tonsgood in the copper desert seven centuries ago, where the ochre rubbed into stone still waiting for the brow and the cheekbone it would adorn, though for all that time there was one thing has been one what evil in me what a pity has made me deserve this offering it stands before me ready not even the smoke from one chimney is lacking not one echo when i step across the river that separates us perhaps anna and dora de Zunio have called to me 300 miles inside arizona because except for me no one else knows they ever lived they trot before me on Embankment Street, two Hentley-born parakeets from Sam Magodia, and at night they unravel their spinster tresses of gray hair. Here, there is no earlier and no later. The seasons of the year and the day are simultaneous. At dawn, shit wagons leave town in long rows of municipal employees at the gate to collect a turnpike toll in leather bags. Rattling their wheels, courier and speedy move against the current into Worky, and an oarsman shot down over England skiffs past, spread eagled by his oars, and at St. Peter and Paul's the angels lower their thick eyelids in a smile over a nun who has indecent thoughts, bearded in a wig, Miss Sore Cloak sits in a counter instructing her twelve shop girls and of all the German street tosses into the unfurled bolts of fabric preparing itself for the death and the conquest of Jerusalem. Black and pricely, an underground river knocks at the cellars of the cathedral under the tomb of St. Casimir the Young and under the half-charred oak logs in the hearth. Carrying her servant's basket on her shoulder, Barbara, dressed in mourning, returns from the Lithuanian mass at St. Nicholas to the Romer's house on Bocasta Street. How it glitters, and the snow, the three crosses hill and Bizik's hill, not to be melted by the breath of the brief lives. And what do I know when I turn into Arsenal Street and open my eyes once more to a useless end of the world? I was running as the silks rustled through a room after room without stopping, for I believed in the existence of the last door. But the shape of lips and an apple and a flower pinned to a dress were all that one was permitted to know to take away. The earth. Neither compassionate nor evil, neither beautiful nor atrocious, persisted, innocent, open to pain and desire, and the gift was useless. If later on, in the flarings of distant nights, there was not less bitterness but more. 
if I cannot so exhaust my life and their life and that bygone crying is transformed at last into harmony. The castle tower over the leafy, tremulous, grows small and there is something still and hardly audible. Is it Mozart's requiem, this music, and this immobile light? I move my lips, and perhaps I am glad not to find the desired word. We'll pause here to talk about today's sponsor, and then we'll return with one or two more poems by Polish authors. Hey, everyone. If you haven't heard the episodes yet where we talk about Grief Circle, Miranda Shay's baby, this wonderful, amazing, creative endeavor, um, to handle grief, then I highly recommend you check out any episode with the name Grief Circle in the title. I also highly recommend you check out Miranda's website at M-I-R-A-N-D-A-S-H-E-H dot com and find out more about Grief Circle directly from her. Also, I hope to see you at the next one. They happen infrequently, frequently. Um, you'll understand what I mean when you check that out. Alrighty. Have a great day, everyone. Let's get back to the episode. This is Damien. Thanks for listening. You can find me on Instagram at Spasm of Feelings. I post every couple weeks if you're looking for new poems or if you just want some pictures of my cat, you can check me out there. As we return, this next poem is titled Kant Last Days. I am absolutely going to botch the name of this author, but Zbigniew Herbert, um, Z-B-I-G-N-I-E-W, um, and yes, this is Kant's Last Days. It is truly no evidence of a great soul, oh, nature, and if you aren't magnanimous, it may be you don't exist at all. Could you really not treat him to a sudden death? Like a candle guttering, like a wig slipping off, like the ring's short trip of, on a smooth tabletop, spinning and turning at last, standing still like a dead beetle. Why these cruel games with an old man, memory, loss of memory, dull awakening, nocturnal terror. Wasn't it he who said, beware of the bad dreams? He who was a gray glacier on his head, a volcano where the pocket watch should be. It is in terrible taste to condemn a man learning the trade of apparitions and suddenly to become a ghost. And this final poem is titled Aphrodite and it's by Natalia Gorbe... Gorb... I, I am sorry, guys. I know no Polish, and I probably am terribly mispronouncing these. Aphrodite. Aphrodite, white foam from your shoulders like a curving chute. Knock against the sky, whether a filthy stump or a lash. Botticelli's brush is drying. The master is cut down from the canvas. He backs off and looks hard at it. Aphrodite, her damp hair hangs erotically like a wing. Aphrodite, little cloud, 
launched. By his lean hands, you sail into our age, a wee bit of color, top and bottom, a streak for a fold, a curve for a breast. Thank you guys so very much for tuning into today's episode of Learning to Fly the Podcast. I hope that you go enjoy the magicalness of pierogies. I hope you go and research other fantastic Polish writers, and I hope that you have a wonderful day. Thanks so much for tuning in, and as always, I'll see you again tomorrow for another episode of Learning to Fly the Podcast. Bye!